0: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, we hear from Kate about the birth of her beautiful baby girl, Freya. She had some complications post-birth, which she'll take us through as well. This is a really great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and your family? Um, so
1: I'm Kate. I'm 19 and currently living in Waikato with my husband, Jeffrey, and my daughter, Freya.
0: Awesome. Lovely. And how did you find out that you were pregnant with Freya? What was the journey like to pregnancy for you?
1: Fell pregnant really quickly after deciding to try. It only took about two months and it was actually a funny story. Um, my, my dog pretty much told us we were pregnant. And I didn't believe anything like that was true before it happened to me. Um, yeah. but he started acting really strange, like very protective. If he heard a noise down the street, he'd jump over me and put his paw on my belly and random things like that. So I took him to the vet for a checkup and the vet straight away said, Oh yeah, you'll be pregnant. And I was like, whatever <laughs> that, that can't be true. But I booked in yeah. to see the doctor the very same day. And my HCG level was 26. Anything above 25 is pregnant. So I was only just pregnant then, Um, which is absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. What a clever dog. (laughs) Yeah. He's very clever. Cool. And apart from that, did you have any other early symptoms or anything like that?
1: Uh, I didn't have any really early symptoms, apart from a little bit of implantation spotting. And... Later on in my pregnancy, just horrendous morning sickness.
0: Yeah, and when did the bad morning sickness start? Was that the only other pregnancy symptom that you had throughout that time or do you want to talk us through that?
1: Yeah, so basically that morning sickness started, I think it started at about six weeks. So I got really cocky at the start. I was like, oh, I don't have any symptoms. This is going to be a breeze. Just a walk in the park, but then it started and it didn't stop. Um so it got so bad basically like I just felt sick 24/7. I don't know why it's called morning sickness, that's an absolute lie. Yeah. yeah, I was horrendously sick. Like if I opened the fridge door, I would have to run to the bathroom and vomit. It was that bad. Um and I ended up losing 10 kilos in the first 10 weeks um cuz I was only eating one raw carrot a day like that's all I could stomach. Yeah, so that was pretty bad, Um, but yeah. then I, it got to the point where my blood sugars got quite low from lack of eating, so I'd get really faint if I stood up too fast or anything like that, and I actually passed out one morning at home, uh, so we went to the hospital, and that's when they found out that I'd lost all of that weight, and my midwife put me on, on Densitron just to help control yeah. the sickness and keep my nausea at bay, and then... Uh, that pretty much made me turn a corner and I was able to eat a bit more and start gaining weight. And I gained a bit too much, but it,
0: it was good. <laughs> it was,
1: <laughs> yeah, worth it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And did you have a plan of where you thought you might want to deliver?
1: Yes. So we lived in Hawkes Bay at the time. Um, we have a home down there still. Um, so I wanted to deliver in the hospital, but yeah, I had a very clear idea of what kind of birth I wanted in my mind. I think it's the same for a lot of women. I wanted just a really nice, peaceful and calm birth and in the water, like in the pools that they have at the hospital, um, and just dimly lit, just my husband there, no pain relief. Um, but it's amazing how, I don't know, you, you seem a bit naive at the time, but yeah, you soon realize after you've given birth that you just have to absolutely take anything in your stride and yeah, your body takes over and does what it needs to, to get your baby there. But it definitely wasn't that nice water birth. Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you go to any antenatal classes before you went into labor?
1: Yes, I did. And my husband came along to every single class with me and he really enjoyed them. We found them Really useful. Like a lot of the information oh, awesome. you sort of already might already know, but it's nice to connect with people. We're still friends with them to this day and talk pretty much every day with them. So it's really awesome. And yeah. it was awesome. Useful for us to get a bit more of an idea on labor and birth itself. And they gave us a hospital yeah. tour and it was really, really good. Everything was going well with the pregnancy aside from the morning sickness. Uh, and at our 20-week scan, it showed that I had what's called marginal cord insertion, which is where the cord inserts toward the edge of the placenta and the uterine wall instead of at the center of the placenta. Um okay. So basically, I was told from then on that I was going to have to have a cesarean at 35 weeks because any, going full term apparently imposed quite a risk of the cord detaching yep. and that would be obviously terrible news for baby and myself. Yeah. So I had yep. regular growth scans from 30 weeks. I had them every week or two, uh, just to check that she was growing. Okay. Um, and you know, an acceptable weight and things like that. And I'd go and see an obstetrician every two weeks as well in the third trimester. And then they told me that I can try for a natural birth. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah. That was just because the scans showed that you were okay enough to do that or did they give you any reason why?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were very confident with how she was looking on the scans. They thought she was quite a good size and that everything was going well enough. They can actually, it's amazing what they can see with the scans. They can see how much blood flow is going through that cord and exactly how much of it is implanted into the placenta. So um, it was awesome. So they thought, yep, you can have a natural birth. So I can't even explain the relief I felt hearing that. It was just amazing. Yeah. So I think that changed my mindset for me. And I went into labor so grateful that I was able to experience that. Not that there's anything wrong with just having an elective caesarean, but I was so grateful. I was like, I was so close to not being able to experience this. So it just made it quite yeah. special for me.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And did you end up going into labor naturally, or do you want to talk us through that?
1: They planned to induce me when I was 38 weeks and four days. So that was on a Tuesday, I believe. And on yep. the Saturday, my waters started leaking at home. Well, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, I was just laying in bed and I'd been having pretty irregular contractions that had honestly, it felt like they'd been going on for two weeks and We were just getting so impatient. I was eating all of the chili, fresh pineapple, you know, doing all those old wives tale tricks to try hurry my labor along, but that wasn't happening. Um, And I was just laying in bed and I felt this huge warm gush. And I was like, have I peed myself? So I didn't say (laughs) anything. I just quietly got up out of bed and standing up made it gush out a bit more. So. Yeah, we thought, must be my waters, and we got really excited and went straight up to the hospital. We didn't wait because we just thought it would be better to be up there and get checked out just with the the cord, the umbilical cord, the way it is. Yeah. So we went up there and they did a bedside scan, and everything was looking fine. I hadn't lost too too much fluid. So they said, Mm. we'll probably induce you the next day, being Sunday, and um, so I stayed in overnight and my husband slept in a plastic chair sitting up. So he was pretty dedicated and yeah. the next day he rolled around and they said, Oh no, we're not going to induce you today. We might do it tomorrow. And I thought, Oh my gosh, how long are they going to make us do this yeah. for? Because I heard you can't wait too long once your waters have started leaking because yeah. there's a risk of infection. Yeah. Um, and then they told me, oh, no, we're not going to induce you on Monday because it's Queen's birthday. And I was like, are you serious? What has the Queen's yeah, birthday got to do I with guess. my baby? Yeah. So that was so frustrating. So we'd been in hospital for so long already, back and forth, thinking today's going to be the day that we get induced and, you know, we'll get to meet our baby. But no. So we went in on Tuesday at about 6.30 in the morning to get induced for real this time, as the plan had been all along. <laughs> uh, so I was 38 weeks and four days, I believe. At about 7 a.m., they applied the gel internally and just told me to be normal and go for a bit of a walk around. Aside from aside from that, they just monitor you for an half an hour before and half an hour afterward just to see that baby doesn't react in a bad way to the gel. So yeah. they put that on and then we went for a bit of a walk around or more of a waddle because yeah, mm-hmm. when you're full term pregnant, there's no such thing as walking, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and we just had, had some lunch at the beautiful hospital cafeteria. Um, But that was the best peanut butter toast I'd had in my life. I don't know what was <laughs> up with me, but I must have just really needed that. Um And then we went back again at 3 p.m. and they applied the second lot of gel. And I, they check your cervix at the same time as they do that. And the midwife oh, – oh, I won't forget this because I was so offended. The midwife was checking my cervix, and she she was quite an experienced midwife. She'd been on the job for a few years by the looks of things. And she was like, you're definitely not having a baby today. And my heart yeah. just sank. I was like, yeah. I really want to prove you wrong. So once I was finished on that monitor – I, I grabbed my husband and we started, literally, I was pretty much running up and down the hospital stairs, <laughs> like, come on, labor, we need to get this baby out. Yeah, Um, just to try, hurry that labor along. But yeah. I don't, yeah, I didn't think that paid off very much Um because full contractions didn't start until a few hours after that. So we're more into the evening now, I think, like 6 p.m. Yeah, that's when, 6 p.m. is when the contractions started fully. So I was in, in early labor, I guess. And yeah, it was amazing to feel those contractions and I tried to stay upright to help them along a bit. i really didn't want them to slow down because by this point we'd been in hospital for quite some time and we were just really ready, ready to get things moving and meet our baby. Yeah. So the contractions were, I guess they were about five minutes apart which wasn't, wasn't too bad. So they let me have some time in, in the water. And, um, yeah, I was, I was so happy to be in the water because I hadn't had any pain relief at this point. And yep. I thought, if I give birth in the water, that's just going to be amazing. Like I still will have that birth that I dreamed of and everything will be perfect. After about an hour in the water, uh, things had started to slow down. So they said to just try, hop back in bed and get some rest because I would need it for the next day um so we yeah we did we got in bed and my husband Jeffrey he slept absolutely fine like a rock of course and I was just (laughs) too excited to sleep I was in pain because I was still having contractions but I was like how is it going to be possible for me to sleep when I could meet my baby at any time, or so I thought. <laughs> yeah. I must have still had some huge illusion of what it was going to be like. Um, but the the specialists came in. Oh, so so the house doctor and a few midwives came in really early. Actually, it was like five thirty, and they were like, "Yeah, it's it's been quite some time of you being in here now and early labour. So we're just going to break your waters fully." Cause I, yeah, I think when my waters had been leaking, it had been the four waters or so they, um, yeah, got the hook and broke my waters while I was on the bed. Um, it was absolutely crazy. He put what looked like a knitting needle up there <laughs> with a little hook on the end <laughs> and yeah, he must've popped something. Um, but there was a huge gush, huge, warm gush, like bigger than what I'd felt at home and it just kept on going and I was straight away like is something wrong and they were like no that's completely normal it's just your waters (laughs) they said it might it might continue to happen for a few minutes after this and I was like oh okay thinking surely like I'm going to run out of fluid inside my body this is (laughs) this is gonna stop so they left they said they'd leave for half an hour then they'd come back and Put the, put me on the Sintosin drip. So I had half an hour of freedom. Well, not really freedom, but, um, to move about and go to the bathroom and things like that. Um, so I stood up to go to the bathroom. And as I was walking from the bed to the bathroom door, just gush, gush, gush with every <laughs> step I took. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. And it just, it made me feel a bit empowered. So I was really and still in quite a good mindset to, into the labor. At about six, they put me on the syntocin drip, which is basically a line in your arm. Yet nothing happened for the first half hour. So they increased the dose and they increased it a few times after that just to get things moving. And it seemed like my body wasn't responding well to lower doses of syntocin, So contractions fully, fully got ramped up sort of in an hour and it sort of felt like it went from zero to one hundred. It was just ruthless. Like the contractions were so close, so close together. They were about yeah a minute apart and lasting for a minute to a minute and a half. Um, so it was pretty intense to go from not much to that all of a sudden. Um, and I think this yeah. is where most women get uh, or either an epidural or some form of pain relief on the go at this point is, yeah, highly recommended, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they have a monitoring belt on the whole time that you're on the syntocin drip. Uh, and they also leave you with a couple of midwives in the room, um, which is quite nice because they're just there the whole time. And it's nice to yeah have some extra support in the room. Um, and have them monitor you just for a bit of peace of mind uh so with the monitoring belt um it goes around your tummy and it just measures contractions the intensity of the contractions and also the baby's heart rate just to see that they're doing okay with it's sort of artificial labor really well artificial yeah. induction of labor so um Freya was doing really well she wasn't you know her heart rate wasn't dropping dangerously low and it wasn't getting high it was just she was just happy and in the middle, which was really good as I was having contractions. Yes. Yeah, so the contractions were, were relentless like that. And they continued on like that for hours. Um, I just got in the zone pretty much once I've had, once I had a few of those contractions and I realized they were there to stay, I just sort of set myself up and I was like, right, this is, you know, labor's actually begun. I'm going to meet my baby today. So I got in the zone with some music. I'd created a playlist beforehand, um, of just some, some power songs for me and some songs that I really liked. So that was good to have that going in the background. And I also, my pain relief at this point was some lavender oil on a cloth. I'd breathe that in as I was (laughs) having a contraction just to keep me calm. (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah, So that was, those were some things that helped me along and just drinking drinking water and Powerade to keep myself going through these contractions. Um, and the, it was really hard work. And the next time I looked at the clock, it was about five o'clock at night. So it had been literally all day of the contractions being like that, um, which is an insanely long time. Usually things would be progressing more at this point. Um, when the contractions were in full swing, um, I remember I actually cried with happiness a few times that I was there and experiencing it with having, with, um, being told that I was going to have to have a caesarean at 35 weeks and being at 38 weeks now and experiencing natural labor was amazing. I felt, I felt really grateful and yeah, crying with happiness yeah. during those hard contractions. It was a pretty, pretty surreal moment. Um, Yeah, I was in a very grateful mindset and I think I was in a really good mindset through my whole labor and I pretty much just did everything I could to not slow it down. So I stayed upright for the majority of those contractions. I'd be either on a yoga ball or on the bed Um, and they sort of raised the back of the bed up and I leant over it, if that makes sense. I was on the bed on my knees. Yeah leaning over and either my mum or Jeffrey would be rubbing my back when I was having a contraction until I growled them and then they backed off. Um, (laughs) It's amazing. You don't know what you want until you're in the moment. Like you could really enjoy something in between contractions. And then as soon as your contraction starts, you're like, get away from me. Nobody talk, nobody move, (laughs) nobody breathe. Yeah. (laughs) So that was, that was really cool. Um, And it got to the point where I was, the contractions were yeah, so hard and fast. Some of them, it was like there wasn't even a break in between them. And that reflected on the monitoring belt as well, that they were really hard contractions. And the midwives would come over and feel my belly tightening up, if that makes sense. Um, and they said, yeah, they're really strong contractions. And not long after that, I felt like I needed to push. Uh, so I let them know. And they they thought yeah surely she does need to push because it's been quite a few hours of yeah labour like this um so the doctor came in to assess how I was going it was the same doctor who broke my waters so he sort of had an idea of what my cervix and everything down there looked like at the start of the day um so he was a good person to be checking that out um and he basically said. You're only at five centimeters. And I oh, no. honestly felt heartbroken. I was like, I've been having these contractions for so long now. And if, yeah, no progress. Um, which, yeah, that was, that was really heartbreaking. And it felt like all of my hard work wasn't paying off, if that made sense. Yeah. So that, that pretty much dampened the mood a little bit. Um, And then he faced us with a few options. Um, He said you can either go in for a caesarean right now or you can have an epidural and we can see how you go after an hour to see if it has relaxed your body enough for your cervix to open. Um, So I didn't really love either of those options because I got to this point without pain relief. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with pain relief, but it was just what I... Wanted for myself. Um, yeah. but yeah, having those, those two options felt quite grim for me. So I, I begged them if I could have another hour just trying to do it on my own because Freya was happy on the monitor and I felt okay. Aside from being disheartened, I felt, I felt okay physically to try carry on. So they gave me an hour of just doing it on my own. And in that hour, I, <laughs> I tried so hard with every contraction. I'd be like tensing up, like oh, trying to make it more powerful, mm. <laughs> which that doesn't work at all that way. Um Yeah. So I did a lot of trying and praying and good thinking during that hour to yeah get things moving, but that didn't work. And they came in and said, right, we will give you an epidural now. Yeah. yeah so they got all of that set up and I laid back down on the bed and they put a catheter in, I believe. So I laid back down on the bed and waited for it to kick in. And it was the strangest sensation. Like I felt my lower half going all tingly and numb. And even though they told me to expect that and that that was normal after an epidural, I was still like, is something wrong? Like, did they get it wrong? Am I going to be able to walk again? I was really worried. Um, and after, yeah. after it had fully kicked in they still had the monitoring belt on and I was instructed just to lay back in bed um so I was laying back and I was watching watching the monitor so I was literally watching my contractions go up and down and feeling nothing and I remember just crying and crying I felt so detached from my labor I felt like I wasn't even a part of it anymore if that made sense to physically see those contractions happening and not feel anything. Yeah. I was really, I was really upset by that. Yeah. It sounds silly that that was hard because that's what a lot of people want for themselves during labor. And I totally understand why they do because yeah, it's quite nice to give your body a break from all of that pain and work. But yeah, it was very, very hard for me and hard for us. Um, yeah. So I was, yeah, like that, laying in bed for about, oh, I'm not sure how many hours really. Um, but they came in sooner than expected. Um, and they had a look on the monitor and it seemed like Freya was in distress. And also my blood pressure and heart rate was all over the show. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because I was exhausted or what, but straight away they said, okay, we're taking you to theatre right now. Um, so that was quite alarming for me. Um, you know, my first thought is something's gone wrong, like my baby's not okay. So it's it's pretty terrifying when they tell you that and then all of a sudden people are rushing around trying to prepare you and get you ready and yeah, scrubbing and things like that. Mm. So I remember he, he told me, we're going to have to send you into theatre now. And he left the room to go and get ready. And my lovely midwife who had been with me for most of the day. She just leant over and gave me a kiss on the head and she was like, It's gonna be okay. Uh, and that was a really special moment because it felt it felt like I had someone on my team, if that makes sense. It yeah. felt like I had someone there supporting me, as well as my husband of course, but someone from the hospital, there supporting me and understanding what I was going through. It was amazing.
0: Um, yeah.
1: So, yeah, we, we were pretty pretty upset. My husband was really upset too. He yeah, barely said a word to me, which was unlike him. I think we were both just really scared. So we didn't have much time to dwell on any of our feelings because we were soon wheeled around to
0: the room before theatre
1: where they prepare everything and gets people scrubbed up. Uh and they were asking me questions and I was trying to answer, but I was literally just laying there shaking like a leaf and crying. I've yeah, never been so terrified in my whole life. It was a really awful feeling. So they asked me if I'd like some music to calm myself down because I was pretty much hyperventilating. Um, and I was like, yeah, we yeah. would love some music. Um I said just any, any Johnny Cash music on Spotify would be great. <coughs> yeah, we were, we were holding hands while I was on the operating table and just looking into each other's eyes with lots of tears, really scared and not needing to say anything because yeah, there, there was like nothing for us to say at that point. We were just, yeah, so scared and anxious of what was to come. Uh, they topped my epidural up five times and everything was numb with the testing they did, um, with ice and needles. Yeah, they they test everywhere to see that you're still numb. Um, and I was, so that's good. And the surgeon was about to start. And yeah, he literally had a scalpel in ready to make the incision. And all of a sudden, I felt everything. They put the mask over my face to put me to sleep because there wasn't time anymore to top up the epidural and wait for that to kick in. And they they asked me to just keep on breathing as the mask was on. Um, which was really hard to do because uh, it felt like there was no air and there was a nurse next to me and she was holding my hand and she's like I'm gonna be here for you the whole time I'll be here when you wake up and it was the last thing I heard um until I woke up when I woke up three and a half hours later the first thing I saw um was n- not a flat stomach um <laughs> Don't worry, I didn't give birth and then straight away have a flat <laughs> stomach. <laughs> but my stomach was, well, my tummy looked pretty empty. Um, after, after being used to seeing a big basketball bump there, um, it was empty. Yeah. And I saw them moving a towel out from underneath me with my blood all over it. So that was, that was a pretty scary thing to wake up oh, to. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember laying there pretty much an emotional wreck. And I was—I've never been so scared to ask a question in my life. And I just said to them, "Is my baby okay?" And it was—it was like time itself stopped until they answered me. They couldn't answer me quick enough. Um, I—I I was terrified that she wasn't going to be with us. Oh, the relief when they said, "Yeah, your your baby's good." Your baby cried as soon as they came out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" That was yeah, the best, (laughs) the best relief in the world. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. Um, so by the, by this point I was, I'd just forgotten about all of my pain and everything like that. And I was really excited to go and meet him or her because we didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. We never found out. Um, but I still had to wait in recovery for a little bit, um, until my blood pressure came right. Um, which seemed to take forever. And it felt like they were just dragging it out yeah, on I purpose. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on guys. I really just want to go meet my baby. But they were like, no, just, just one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> they were dragging the chain big time. Oh, so yeah, we got to my room and they opened the door and wheeled me through. And the first thing I saw when I got in was my, yeah, it was Jeffrey holding our tiny little baby. Um And he was, yeah. <laughs> the relief that I felt was, you know, the most beautiful moment of my whole life. Um, oh, it's so many emotions. Like I was just so relieved that our baby was here and that, you know, we are it's pretty amazing. Mm So he was holding, he was holding our baby with, um, who he'd faced in toward him. So all I could see was this beautiful little head of dark hair. And I knew straight away that she was a girl. I was like, Oh, she's a girl. Um, yeah, it was just, just incredible. So they parked me up and put the brakes on and Yay. they brought her over to me. I, this is, I don't remember too much about all of this because I was pretty dragged up, but I do remember seeing her for the first time, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and she was just so tiny so little, I can't believe it. I'm looking at her now. she's sitting in my lap now, looking up at me, and I just can't believe it that she was that small mm-hmm. and that new ever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They put her on my chest, and she pretty much bobbed her little head around straight away and just latched on and that was amazing for me. She just yeah latched on and started started suckling away, which was really special um they told me that she'd been quite hungry because it had been such a long time since yeah. she was born to me meeting her. Uh Thankfully, I'd expressed some colostrum in the last few weeks of my pregnancy. Yeah. So I had that stored at the hospital, and they were able to give that to her. Um, so she was there drinking, and my husband said that um she'd been crying because she was hungry, and that broke my heart, but it also made me feel like it was like a, a a really changing moment for me. It was like, Wow, this little person needs me of all people in the world yeah. she needs me, yeah, so that was that was amazing, and we were just in our little bubble
0: and how long did you spend in the hospital for your recovery from your c section
1: uh we so she was born on the Wednesday night and we left on Sunday Um, I can't figure out how many days it is. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: that's okay and how did you feel physically how did you feel physically from that um did it take you long to sort of be up and walking around or what was that like
1: um it didn't take too long to be up and walking around I remember the first night um well it was more the first morning because it was about 1am that I got out of recovery so for that first night I guess um it was crazy. I was hooked up to so many machines that would just make noises the whole time. Like they were noisier than a <laughs> snoring little newborn and a crying newborn. You yeah. just hear, um, yeah, I had these things wrapped around my legs. They were like tights, I guess, that, um, they'd contract and then release. It was to keep the blood flow going down there. And um, we right, just have yeah. a family history of blood clots. So I don't know if that's a standard thing for them to do. It might be, but they definitely did that with me. So that made a huge noise and then all of the machines and coming in every hour to check on me. <laughs> so that was, that was a crazy first night. It was like, oh, just leave us alone so we can enjoy our baby. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was the next day that I was up just for a, a gentle walk to the toilet and things like that. Um, yeah. and it was, it was pretty sore, but it wasn't as sore as what I thought it would be. Um, one thing that stood out for me though was, One of the medication, the pain relief medication that they had me on, it started to make me feel really weak and dizzy when I started to walk. Um, Yeah. So they took, once they took me off that, it was good. But yeah, I felt quite faint being on that. So, and loopy, like I was really out of person and hardly there, which was, yeah, I wanted to be quite present and able to hold my baby. So they took me off that. And after that, I was able to walk around fine. And I think that's, yeah, helped get things going. I didn't, I didn't realize this, but they wait until you've had your first bowel movement until you're allowed to leave. Yeah, and, I, and I've heard yeah. since that a lot of women are like, "Yep, I've been," so that they can go home.
0: <laughs> and once you got home, how did she go with breastfeeding? You're obviously still breastfeeding now.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are still breastfeeding. She's six months old now, and we're still going strong. Um, yeah, she yeah. she fed really fine. At home, um, she was doing really well. We never seemed to have any issues like we didn't have cracked nipples or too much pain or anything like that. And I'm so grateful to this day for that. Yeah, that breastfeeding has just worked. I really enjoy it. Um, so that's, that's yeah. something that we've got with our breastfeeding journey. I have had mastitis twice, um, which is super painful. Anyone who's had that will be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've had that twice, but we've yeah continued to
0: feed and everything's going well with that. Awesome. And how were you feeling emotionally being at home with the newborn and making that transition to being a mom? Uh, I actually
1: found it pretty good. I found it. I had prepared myself mentally that I might have a bit of a dip and feel a bit low, but I, I never had that feeling. Um, which was yeah, yeah a huge relief for me. It, obviously, I had this surreal feeling like uh, we've got this tiny little person to care for. <laughs> um, how are we going to do yeah. it? Yeah, and things like putting her in her car seat for the first time. It was like, oh my gosh, we are going to break all of her limbs. This is crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but
1: yeah. No, it, it was pretty good. Those the first three weeks of her life were absolute bliss. Um. Not, I wasn't like hysterically crazy happy. It wasn't a fake happiness, but it was just, it was really good. The, yeah, the first three weeks of her life were pretty good emotionally, but physically, um, my recovery was not good at all. Um, There was one night where I was lying on the lounge floor, like pretty much on the verge of unconsciousness and so much pain hemorrhaging waiting for the ambulance to come and Jeffrey's there trying to latch Freya on while I'm lying down so she can have a drink um oh God. yeah the, the recovery was horrendous it did it was not textbook at all and I think everything that could have gone wrong with it did I had multiple superficial infections I had the wound split open and bleed I had internal infections and um, a post-section hemorrhage oh no. at like three weeks um and I yeah, had fluid-filled debris in my uterus as well. Um, so it was not a good time at all. When you have an infection <laughs> after a surgery, um, it, yeah, it gets into your bloodstream and really makes you feel down and physically terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, th- there were times where I couldn't even walk around holding her because I thought I'd, I would faint at any moment. Uh, yep. I was back in hospital pretty much every week for the first eight weeks of her life to do with my C-section wound in recovery.
0: God, what a challenging experience that would have been.
1: Yeah, it was, it was actually, it was really challenging, but it turned out to be a walk in the park um, to what we experienced <laughs> yeah. with her when she was uh, four weeks old. So Freya was healthy and good, everything with her, Blanket checks were fine, and she was a very yeah, nice, alert, healthy baby, good size. We didn't have many issues with her health um, for those first three weeks. Um, when she was four weeks old, we were in the process of packing up our house to move up to the Waikato, um, which was a crazy thing to do with a newborn, but that had always been in our plans. Uh, and I was home alone with her one day, and I'd just given her a feed, and she'd been asleep nestled up on my chest for about 20 minutes. Um, and because she was on my chest, I could feel her breathing quite easily, like because she was against me. Um, and yeah, I noticed that she sounded a bit rattly. And then I just waited a few minutes and I realized that it had been a while since she'd taken a breath. Um So I stood up and I brought her forward in my arms and I realized that she was limp and pale and floppy and unresponsive not breathing um so that was yeah an absolutely terrifying time a terrifying thing to go through with your newborn baby um yeah so they took us oh sorry so I don't know what I was thinking like in that moment um I learned that I obviously don't handle emergency situations very well because I called my midwife (laughs) of all people. I was just so panicked. Um, And she said, either call an ambulance or get to the nearest medical center as quick as you can. Uh, So my neighbor, thankfully, she also had a newborn and she just came over and picked us up and took us through to the doctor. Um, And yeah, this, this was a really terrifying time. Uh, We ended up staying in Hawkes Bay hospital for a few days after that. And, She had a lumbar puncture done and full bloods, and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, Um, and they said she was she was fine. It was just an unexplainable event, and they don't expect it to happen again. She wasn't sick or anything. She didn't have any sickness show up in her bloods. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we left the hospital, and literally got straight in the car and moved up to Waikato. And after being here for a few days. Um, I felt like something wasn't quite right with her. So she's five weeks old at this point. Um, and I took her to the doctors three times over the weekend. Um, and they were like, oh, it looks like she might have a bit of a cold or something like that. Um, and then the very next day, um, uh, my mum was holding her and I was in the kitchen cooking dinner. Um, and mum was just like to me, can you come over here? Quickly, please. So I went over and, yeah, Freya was grey and still and she wasn't breathing and we couldn't wake her. No amount of shaking or moving or stimulation would wake her. Um. So, yeah, we, mum called an ambulance and started performing CPR on her. Um. Yeah, she, we waited about 16 minutes for the ambulance to get there. And Freya wasn't breathing and wasn't moving. Um, yeah, I honestly thought she was dead. Um, so yeah, that was, it was really hard. We stayed in hospital yeah. for quite some time after that. And she had multiple brain scans and MRIs and all of the tests done again. And that's what started my journey off to having some challenges, um, mentally with motherhood. Um, I now have. Pretty severe anxiety and PTSD from that event and that yeah. challenges my yeah motherhood life um every single yeah. day, so yeah, it what well, was well, most sailing at the start, but yeah, we go through we're going through some challenges
0: now. yeah, and did they find out what was um causing Freya to, that to happen?
1: um they, didn't have a definite cause um she developed bronchiolitis at some point might have been during her stay in the hospital um but while we were staying there she also had more more periods of apnea um like you know stopping breathing and she had a few seizures while we were there as well and her brain scans were clear and fine um Mm, so they just put it down to one of those things that they hope doesn't happen again, but after seeing your child yeah. on oxygen and yeah. being tube fed um, and not knowing whether they're going to make it or not, yeah, you sort of. It would have been nice if there was a definite reason, and um, that would give me some yeah. peace of mind for my every day. But yeah, every day now, and every night, I'm just terrified that it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's pretty pretty challenging for us.
0: Yeah. That sounds extremely challenging and and tough to manage on a day to day. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story, Kate. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.